Welcome once again to Wednesday Bible Study. This is for May 13th, 2020. Please feel free to share this podcast with anyone you would like to. Remember that when God's word goes out, it does not return empty. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Father and most merciful God, we thank you for our many gifts that you have given us and continue to give us. Lord, in this most difficult time, we truly miss seeing and being with each other. But at the same time, maybe this is an opportunity for us to be still and listen for your guidance and discern what you are calling us to do as your people. Lord, we especially ask your grace and peace to go out to the families that have lost loved ones during this time and are not able to grieve in community. We especially ask for your comfort and peace for Carl Kaufman's family as they grieve his death, as well as Vicki Gorick's family as they grieve the sudden loss of her daughter's fiancé. Lord, I ask that you send your Holy Spirit to soften our hearts and open our ears to hear what you have to say to us and help us be bold enough to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. We ask this in your Son's name. Amen. So let me see if I can set the stage for today's Bible study. Have you ever heard someone speak about another person and heard them say, there's just no hope for them? They're set in their ways, and it's just not worth trying to change their behavior. Our main character for this study today is Saul of Tarsus. I believe if you and I had met him and were aware of his activities, we would have certainly thought there would be no way in the world he could ever change. As you will see in a reading today, Saul was present when Stephen is stoned to death. Stephen came to help in the ministry of the Jesus followers because the apostles were becoming overwhelmed with trying to spread the good news, build churches, and provide food for the needy, especially the widows. Stephen was one of seven chosen to help the apostles. His activities caught the attention of a particular group from the synagogue, and they challenged him. He verbally won the challenge, which didn't sit well with this particular group. In the honor-shame society of the day, Stephen won the verbal battle because of the knowledge and ability that was given him by the Holy Spirit. The group then began spreading rumors about Stephen, saying he had said blasphemous things about Moses and God. This group turned him over to the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin to stand trial. The Sanhedrin was made up of Jewish priests and other high-ranking officials. They were basically a council that kept the rank-and-file Jews from causing too much of a ruckus at any given time so as not to draw the attention of the Roman political establishment, as well as encroach upon the religious establishment as well. Hopefully that sets the stage for our study today. Now let's dive into our scripture. 
This will also help equip us to live into our church's vision, which is learning, loving, living God's Word. Our scripture comes from God's Word and can be found in the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 59 through chapter 8, 1 through 3. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea, Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Now I'm going to read from Acts again, starting in chapter 9, verses 1 through 22. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. 
and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After these readings, does anybody really question whether Saul was, in the beginning, what we would call today a bad guy? Jesus speaks to us all the time, and we, because we have been given the gift of free will, can choose to listen to what he has to say or ignore him. This may be a study on who is listening and how well we are listening. How do we react to subtleties and how do we re react to bright, blinding light events? Should we ever give up on people because, well, they're just not worth it? Do you think Jesus gives up on us? What would happen if Jesus gave up on everyone that we deemed as being a bad person? I have learned many things from our pastor, Tony Metz, at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. But one thing of utmost importance that sticks out above all the others is try your best to never misinterpret Scripture. If, and I believe it truly is, God's will is revealed to us through his word, you could say that the chief priests were putting their own interpretation on what they thought God's will was. Remember, Saul was going to the chief priest to get letters of author authorization that allowed him to enter the synagogues and arrest people of the way. That's what Jesus' followers were called in the beginning, people of the way. Isn't that ironic that the people of the way were Jesus' followers? It is truly amazing to know that God came to visit humans on earth in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, who was at the same time fully human and fully divine. For some reason, the chief priest and other religious leaders did not, could not, or would not admit or explore the fact that they were looking at the living God. We don't have any earlier accounts of Jesus subtly tapping Saul on the shoulder and asking him to stop the persecution. What we see is an account of Jesus boldly and confidently and literally stopping Saul in his tracks and explaining to him in no uncertain terms that every time he persecuted someone, he was persecuting Jesus. Saul was well-educated and well-versed in the Torah. He, like so many others, knew the God of the Old Testament, but could not, would not, or did not recognize the living God when he came to visit. Saul went from watching the cloaks of those that stoned Stephen to death to leading a campaign against Jesus' followers throughout the region. And then, as we read in chapter 9, verses 20 through 22, Saul began to tell many 
in the region that Jesus really is the Son of God. So, it took a blinding light experience to comprehend that Jesus was the Son of God and the people he was arresting were on the right faith journey and he was not. So let's just recap in bullet point. Saul was arrested. He was arresting innocent Jesus followers. Saul witnessed and approved of the stoning of Stephen. Next, Saul met Jesus in some sort of encounter on the road to Damascus. Next, Jesus instructs a dubious Ananias, one of his followers, to announce that Saul is being restored and Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit to be with him. Wow, just wow. What a story. Without a doubt, there's a lot of bad news in what we read today, but in the end, the bad qualities are cleansed and renewed in and through Jesus. Jesus continues to renew us and cleanse us every day, and we, just as Saul, are being equipped to share the good news with others. While Saul was living in the beginning of the Jesus movement and did not have a New Testament to read from and study, we do. And God's word, along with discipling help from others, will equip us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Regardless of whether you're a member of St. Paul's Lutheran Church or just someone interested in enriching your faith journey, I would encourage all of us to live into our church's vision, which is learning, loving, living God's Word. If you're new to reading the Bible or you've been reading it for a long time and just find it difficult to understand, rest easy. You are not alone. There's a wonderful resource called Bible Project that will help you read and study the Bible and also help you understand what the Bible is. For those of you not familiar with this, go to your web browser and type in BibleProject.com. And as one of the leaders of the Bible Project, Tim Mackey says, the Bible is one unified story that leads us to Jesus. One of my takeaways from this study is the example that Jesus never gives up on us. So why should we give up on others? Jesus' greatest commandment was to love one another, and certainly one way we can show that is by treating everyone if they, as if they have worth, because they do. During this time of uncomfortable social distancing, mask wearing, more hand washing than I've ever done in my life, and many other things that may seem disruptive to us, I am reminded of a book I read in the past, written by Ernie Johnson Jr. Ernie is a sports commentator, and he wrote a book titled Unscripted, and the subtitle is The Unpredictable Moments That Make Life Extraordinary. We can choose to live in fear during these unscripted times, or we can choose to make life extraordinary during these times by reaching out to others and acknowledging their worth, just as Jesus acknowledged Saul's worth. Thank you all very much for joining in this Bible study on the Word of God. 
I truly hope to see each and every one of you very soon. I'll leave you with this blessing found in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.